A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. What do you do when a customer asks for a ridiculous request? We'll find out, but first a story from N Rhymes. A footpath? What a great idea. This isn't my story but my ex-bosses. I work in a hotel which changed hands a number of years ago. My previous boss, before the change of managements, had a number of tales of her time in the hotel trade, and this is one of her favorites. She had a previous job running a different hotel, which was a fairly modest size when she took over. Whilst there, the management had big plans for expansion. Ex-boss was responsible for getting this done and went about applying for planning permission for the planned extensions. Over the next few years, the hotel grew in size, acquiring a swimming pool, spa, and numerous guest bedrooms and function rooms with Ex-boss exhausting every avenue she could when it came to getting the necessary permissions, ending up with the hotel being several times its original size. Next door to the hotel was a public car park and picnic spot, and once the expansion was complete, she decided to maximize on the location by building a footpath linking the hotel grounds to the car park, enticing picnic goers into the hotel bar. The problem was that, by this time, the council had made it clear that the company weren't going to be granted any more planning permission for any further work of any sort. Knowing this, ex-boss realized it would be futile to even attempt to apply for the necessary permits, so she took a different approach. 
She contacted the council, saying she was concerned for the safety of the hotel clientele, as the hotel was situated on a busy main road, which posed a danger to any customers trying to get from the neighboring car park to the hotel. She demanded that the council took action to ensure the safety of the public, financing some way of preventing them from walking along the main road where they ran the risk of a potentially fatal accident. The council replied that this wasn't their responsibility, and if the hotel was really so concerned about the issue, they should pay to have a path built themselves. This was exactly what ex-boss was hoping for, and before the council could change their mind, she did exactly that. Building a footpath at the council's request, which they would have never have let her done if she had asked for permission through the regular channels. When you're dealing with the bureaucratic process, sometimes you gotta think like them and think two steps ahead, or maybe a whole street ahead. Would you say you're the kind of person that prefers making plans in the moment off the cuff? Or would you say you like to take into account all the possibilities and try to formulate a plan around that before ever trying to put anything in motion? Let me know about you guys in the comments down below. Our next story is from IC96. Customer wants to call us every hour until their issue is fixed. Sure. So I work at a pretty big tech company as a help desk agent, and as any help desk employee, I've had my fair share of crazy customers. Like this one who we shall call Karen. We would mainly answer the phone and emails, and then log in tickets to our system for handling all the issues customers would require us to solve. Each log ticket will cause the customer to be billed the standard help desk fee, and then it would add up depending on how long it takes, parts needed, etc. On to the story. So one morning, Karen calls in and asks about a ticket she'd logged like two hours ago. I go and check the status and see it was a pretty standard account request for one of her employees, and it was already being handled by the team that creates these particular accounts. This account was for an outside system for which we only provide the accounts and they have their own support for problems. Due to synchronization after we create the account, it takes roughly 24 hours for it to be functional. And this is quite well known for the managers who usually request them to be created. I inform Karen that the account is being created right now and she should be getting a confirmation about it soon. I also remind her that it can take about 24 hours for it to be functional. As soon as I said these things, the tone on her changed immediately, and she informed me quite annoyingly that this was very urgent and it should be functional faster. We talked for a little while longer, and I explained to her why exactly it takes this long, and finally she seems to understand, and we end the call. About an hour later, one of my colleagues sends me a message asking if I've talked to this lady before, and tells me she's calling again angry and demanding that the account should be made faster. Once again, they explain the same things I did and they end the call. About another hour later, I answer a call and it's Karen again, even angrier, and practically yelling that the account needs to be created now. I check the ticket again and see it's been completed so the account should be working tomorrow. I tell this to Karen and she is not happy. She starts to yell all sorts of things and says that's not how we should do things. And again, I inform her that the system she needs the account for is not ours. And this is something we can't do anything about, but she won't have it. She then calmly informs me that if this is how we do things, then she'll be calling us every hour to waste our time until the account is done. I can almost hear the smirk on her face as she says this. Now, even though she was being extremely rude, 
I didn't want to be a jerk and tried to inform her that every time she calls, we're required to log in a ticket and her company will be charged the standard help desk fee. But as I try to tell this, she just cuts me off and refuses to listen. So at this point I say, all right, call us if you want. So then she proceeds to call us every hour for the rest of her workday and next morning. I get a few of her calls and just always repeat the same thing. Account will be working within 24 hours. And each time she calls me or one of my colleagues, we log in a ticket and move on. Eventually the call stopped, presumably because the account was finally functional, and we didn't hear from her again. I haven't heard if she got into any trouble for it, but she must have generated quite a bill for her company over nothing. I certainly hope she was a very valuable employee or high up enough that their job wouldn't be in jeopardy, because I can imagine being a bonehead and calling the help desk multiple, multiple times. Racking up a nice bill could probably see you get an early exit. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Bad Version. Schedule my thesis defense and provide refreshments for the committee? Sure thing. Ages ago, I was finishing grad school and was preparing to defend my PhD thesis. My department had the tradition of requiring the student to coordinate the schedules of five full professors to plan the event and to provide coffee and snacks. Okay, I'm on it. Quick backstory points. I had more than a dozen publications, including a smaller number of first author, so there was no way I wasn't passing without scuttling my advisors and his colleagues' work as well. The various department admins, with a few exceptions, considered students to be an impediment to their lives of gossip and sitting around. So scheduling meant I needed to go to each one, get their professor's schedule, and then compare with all the others to find an available time. Since electronic calendars were sci-fi at this moment in history, mid-80s. Finally, as this was the mid-80s, good coffee in the hinterlands of mid-American land-grant universities was a rarity. However, our lab was the go-to place to get coffee, since I was the coffee master. This was no skill or knowledge of my own, but due to my then-girlfriend, now wife, 40 years later, whose parents eloped to Europe and came back with all these weird ideas like espresso and garlic. A local co-op stocked various roasts, and I'd turn on the lab and then the department. It's springtime and the stage is set. I trudge around to all the professor's offices getting their schedules. The Memorial Day holiday is coming up soon, which marks the gap between spring and summer terms. Professors want time off and I want out, so I obligingly look for a time before that. Curiously, although their schedules had more openings than I expected, the only time I could find when they were all free was 3pm on the Friday before the Memorial Day weekend. Since no one cared to cross-check, the date was on. Friday rolls around and I'm in a suit. Girlfriend has baked rich, thick brownies and there's a steaming pot of Italian roast coffee at the back of the room. Yeah, it's decaf. I proceeded to give the most deliberately tedious presentation of my work that I have ever done, before or since. It was kind of cute, watching them get up and grab another cup of coffee, but to no avail. I had three of them asleep in the first hour. The committee's candidate-out-of-the-room conversation may have set a record for speech. I passed without objections. I should have graduated with honors since one of them was snoring. Let me tell you, there's nothing I want to do more than go to a thesis defense 
the Friday before Memorial Day, last thing in the day. Oh boy, I would be wide awake and chipper and ready. Our next story is from the Dragon Doji. Do your jobs for free, no longer. This is my friend's story. He works in data management for an infrastructure company, one that has major government contracts for maintenance and replacement. When we worked together, we had a friendly competition with our numbers each day, seeing which of us could beat the other in actions closed. Basic data capture stuff, but the high volume boring crap. Due to our competitiveness, the department's numbers were stellar and our boss did less and less. Already in their 60s, 7-8 to eight years ago, and quite literally awaiting retirement. Eventually I leave the company, and my friend continues doing gangbuster numbers, carrying the team as well as training new employees. Due to his character and work ethic, he gets asked to assist with project management, specifically the implementation of a new app solution that would allow for 40% reduction in existing staff. Because of course... He's working on this for two years, leading meetings and advising project management decision makers, all while making 26,000 British pounds and still doing his manager's job. It eventually reaches the point where the manager is taking him into meetings so he can answer questions the manager should know answers to. What's very important to this tale is my friend's character. He's genuinely one of the most helpful, friendly, and positive dudes you're likely to meet. Always happy to help, but also not inclined to rock the boat if he considers the situation unfair. The perfect employee to take advantage of. So of course, COVID happens and after returning to the office, he's told there's no budget for a pay rise above 1.7%. He points out how the department head, boss's boss, how he's been project managing, doing his manager's work, all while keeping the department numbers looking tasty. Department head acknowledges this but says, his hands are tied, they just don't have the budget. My friend says, okay, I'll just stop then and only do my specific job. Before he does this and a few days after the above conversation, department head mentions a bonus fund that may be available for those that have gone above and beyond and that he's on course to receive something. He receives 200 pounds. This pissed him off considering he's doing project manager's job and manager's job for close to three years for less than half his manager's salary and one third of a project manager's salary. So he stops. He stopped everything but his own responsibilities. He stopped assisting the PM team, stopped answering manager level questions in meetings and stopped training new staff. The manager then starts in with the passive aggressive your attitude has really changed recently, and you need to assist the team, etc. He tells manager and department head that they don't have the budget, and he's happy with his responsibilities as outlined in his contract. Unfortunately, he's still there in the same job, but useless managers had to struggle through making a fool of themselves in various meetings, and department head now gives him the stink guy a few times a week. Hopefully I can help him find a better company very soon. This is one of those things where when you start looking for another job, you don't look for another same level or even one step up, considering they've proven that they can do the job of the PM team and deserve a salary almost double what they have. They should be trying to find a job that pays them reliably for a good title. And our final story of the day is from Real Mammoth 9086 Need to stay later to catch the night shift? No problem. A little background, I'm in human resources and I work for a manufacturing company. My hourly guys work from 7am to 7pm and 7pm to 7am. 
As of June 2020, I got a new manager. I knew she was going to be a problem because she didn't like doing what me, a generalist, and the coordinator did. Essentially, I did recruiting, onboarding, and the generalist did payroll. So a few months after she started, she began complaining about how I get there at 7 and leave at 4. She asked me to change my schedule to come in at 8, while the coordinator would continue to work 7 to 4. So I'm doing this for a couple of weeks, and she keeps trying to get me to stay later than 5, which, in my mind, I take a 30-minute lunch, so you're already getting 8.5 hours out of me. After resisting for a while, she begins scheduling meetings for after 5, like 5.30 or 6 p.m. At this point, I'm irritated, but being passive-aggressive about it, I would look at our calendars and propose a time where we would both be free before 5 p.m. This is how I knew she was just being a jerk. So she has a meeting with me and tells me that the night she needs to see me more. To which I reply, well, you come in around 9.30am and stay till 7. What do they need me for? Here, she then admits it's because she doesn't know how to do some things. Rather than just admitting, she just flat out doesn't want to learn. So I tell her I'm happy to teach her what she doesn't know, but just because I'm salaried, doesn't mean I get to be worked like a dog with no extra compensation or time off, which was another thing she'd get mad about, me taking vacation time for Christmas. Turns out she was upset because it became very apparent when I wasn't around that she didn't know how to do her job. But I digress. So she says I have to start attending mandatory employee meetings and other events that routinely happen after 5 or 6 p.m. I get tired of arguing and agree, First time one of these events is coming, I change my schedule. If the event ends at 7pm, I'd come in at 10.30 so I wasn't working any extra hours. The first few times, she thought I was just running late that day, but after a week or two of this happening into it, she realized it was intentional. Anyway, she gave up and a month later, I got a promotion and transferred to a new site. Within months of my leaving, she was put under a microscope as it became obvious to corporate that she didn't know how to do her job. I also got praised from the HR director who explained to someone new that my old boss only survived this long because the person who was doing all the work had left. She got fired. Honestly, let's be real, that new manager should be grateful that OP stuck around that long because we all know they would have been fired long ago if OP wasn't there to just carry them and basically help them get that salary for all that time and that resume padding position. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.